0: Welcome to That's So Chronic, with me, Jess Bryan. For today's Spotlight On episode, I'm joined by performers Abby and Emily, and creative producer Sam, as we dive a little bit deeper into Get Well Circus, a new circus collective creating and celebrating art for the chronic pain and illness community. And just a note before we begin, this episode was recorded in September 2021. Get Well Circus, and in particular their show, Get Well Soon, has been on my radar for a little while, ever since I saw that my friend Abby, who you might recognise from her interview episode back in February 2021, a whole year ago. Anyway, it had been on my radar since I saw that Abby had joined the company, and I, as a performer myself, was immediately intrigued. Get Well Circus is a
1: collective of creatives founded in Nam but now we're based across the country.
0: This is the creative producer, Sam. I was diagnosed with endometriosis in
1: 2015 and have had Ellis Downer Syndrome Mahawa. And I'm the creative producer of Get Well Soon and do various arts admin emailing.
0: And she explains what Get Well Circus is all about.
1: We're based across the country. Uh, We're held together by a mutual passion and a Zoom connection. Uh, exploring chronic illness experiences of chronic illness and medical gaslighting so we um, started with a circus show that has been two years in the works and in the interim we've been developing online resources and community building around the experiences that have been found through
0: our own lives and also science research but where on earth does the inspiration come from to create a company like this uh back in
1: september of 2019 the springboard program opened up for applications which was a co-funded circus development program through melbourne fringe and circus oz and i i had been co-producing independently on circus shows that thought this would be a really great opportunity to start up something new. And I've always wanted to work with Em. I've been working at NICA, the National Institute of Circus Arts, for a year where Em was a student. And I thought that this would be a great opportunity to apply for funding to mount the research in The Girl Who Cried Pain, which was a medical journal exploring the bias against women in the treatment of pain, onto the stage into a circus show. So we were really lucky. We got funding through the Springboard program, through Circus Odds and Melbourne Fringe to mount it onto the stage with Emily Lowe
0: and John Bonn as performers, and Evie Clayton as a dramaturg. Side note, you might also remember Evie from their interview episode back in October 2021. There's only a short scroll back. But in terms of staging this piece of work, as you can imagine, that nasty little thing called COVID... Got in the way. The development has been happening for two years, but the stage part has not happened. (laughs) There's no denying that living through a global pandemic has had its challenges, especially in the arts industry. And when Sam had the idea to create this piece of work, she couldn't have predicted that she would be creating it in a global pandemic.
1: It's a very different time. Uh, I thought it would be much more straightforward than what it has been. When we got through, I think we got the notice in like December of 2019. So I remember we've been in the room together as the original company members, maybe once or twice. And then after that, I headed to, uh, headed to Adelaide Fringe, and then I popped back to Perth, where I'm from, to visit some family. And then the borders closed. And since then, as a company, we have never been in the same room. With the new company members, the five of us have actually never been in the same room. So we're a very Zoom-heavy company.
2: We've never been in the same state. <laughs>
1: That's Emily.
2: I have been living with chronic pelvic pain for the last couple of years and I am also a performer with Get Well Soon. I'm an acrobat and a juggler all around. I do lots.
3: And this is Abby. I'm Abby, and I was born with congenital glaucoma, and I am a performer in Get Well Soon. I am also a qualified rigger.
0: As two of the performers in Get Well Soon, I asked them what it was like developing the show in Melbourne recently.
3: Yeah, I think, was it June? June or July. We were, yeah, we had two weeks uh, in Circus Oz in Nam. All four of us were there. It was Evie, Max, Emily and myself. And we were waiting for Sam to come across. And then the borders were a very firm shut. And um, yeah, it was kind of, you know, Sam could have been on the plane and been turned around. And it was like last minute decisions. So we had two weeks of development with Uh, Zoom, Sam in the room, just like following us around on a
2: laptop. We had a really long extension cable. Sam was really mobile. (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting, but hopefully we will be in the same room together soon. Being in that, like being able to be in the Circus Oz space was wild because we had spoken so much about, oh, maybe we could try this act or this act. And we were actually able to test out like the physicality of the ideas, which was crazy. And we started the development with a photo shoot, like the first day, which was really cool to put our like ideas into like a photo format. And like, oh, we're doing a waiting room. Oh, this is legit. We actually are doing a waiting room. We have the chairs. We have the balloons. We have all the fun things to be able to physicalize all of the ideas that we wanted to try. And then going into the circus or space and to put circus with it was kind of fun. It was just great. It was great. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. And then we had
1: the session at the end with Alexis again.
2: Yeah, we got to like double photo shoot session with her right at the end. It was like one of our last days with Alexis. And it was really cool to see her before and after the development, obviously. Number one for two photo shoots, like. She's great and amazing and there for us. She's also um, a fellow Spoonie, so she totally understood and got the vibe of of the photo shoot and the show completely. So to be able to do a second photo shoot also after we had developed our ideas at Circus Oz and to bring that into the space and she just loved our vibe and she absolutely adored the the four of us so much it was so much fun working with her I think she really understood our chemistry and like thought we were really close and supportive as I think the whole Spoonie community kind of is with each other
0: and so you mentioned Sam that the show sort of originated from this research paper about pain is the show still in like fitting in with that or has it deviated slightly oh yeah I I think so when I read that paper, because
1: this pub like the the girl who cried pain was published in two thousand and one, so it's it's a bit old school now, uh, particularly around the cisgender language. Unfortunately, the whole paper frames the bias of pain between men and women, which isn't really surprising considering like eighty percent of all medical research um, into pain is done on men or male mice. But uh, after my experiences of endometriosis and trying to go through my diagnosis and it being such an arduous process and being, like getting told that it was just stress. I'm like, this is so weird. I thought that you just went to the doctors and they told you what was wrong with you and then you got treatment and then you live happily ever after. Reading this research was really, really validating. And then I started to realize that actually people that don't have like a female gender identity it's extra hard to be diagnosed with gender with um, gender specific conditions so working with Evie and bringing Evie on board as someone who has a Bachelor of Science Communications and circus training is just legendary because then they led us on this trail of uh, we call it journal club which is something that they did a lot in their science career where each person would be distributed a journal article and a research paper and then we would come back together on zoom and read and tell each other all of the crazy things that we found um and all of the the facts and the science behind it because as em said earlier to the inner call that science is constantly evolving and the research is constantly evolving so we as a company are constantly evolving around inclusivity in the language and and really hard facts.
0: Creating this piece in the middle of a global pandemic is just wild. So when I put in <laughs> the application,
1: the show was called The Girl Who Cried Pain, A Bias Against Women and the Treatment of Pain. And then when we opened the scope into what it really means for medical gaslighting and inclusivity and, and the broader community, we decided to change the name to so Get Well Soon for an ironic ironic twist for people that can't get well soon, created by people that can't get well soon. So it's definitely underpinning community. But yeah, going through a global pandemic, exploring health and and medical gaslighting, I think has been really interesting, especially when pieces are popping up around what long COVID means for people and how research into long COVID could also be informing research into things like chronic fatigue and other conditions. So I don't know, there's, it's also been a little string of hope in terms of the activation of the
0: science community as well. But in terms of developing a circus show, not that easy. It's not every day that you are given the opportunity to work and create with fellow Spoonies. Spoonies, of course, referring to the Spoon Theory, something that Get Well Circus explains on their website and mentions in conversations. If you haven't heard of it before, essentially, the Spoon Theory is a metaphor and it's used to describe the amount of mental or physical energy a person has available for daily activities and tasks. It will was developed in 2003 by Christine Miserandino as a way to express how it felt to have lupus. She used spoons to provide a visual representation of units of energy that a person might have, and how chronic illness forces her to plan out her days and actions in advance, so as to not run out of energy or spoons. And I asked the team whether there had been any benefits to working with people who are also living with or dedicated to understanding chronic illnesses, disabilities, and spoons?
3: Oh my gosh, it's been like phenomenal. I It was interesting because everyone involved in the company I liked as a person anyway and was excited by it. Also, so sorry, the cat's just doing parkour in the background. Um, <laughs> okay, I think he stopped. All right, yeah. Um, no, it's just I was so excited to be in the company with people that I just love regardless and then being able to be in a room and actually talk about how I'm feeling like I didn't I didn't realize and it was a huge wake-up call for me how much I compromised in rehearsals and training spaces and
2: absolutely I was gonna double yeah. up on that sure like you just you
3: just carry on and you just oh like this is not ideal for me but I it's going to be way too much effort to say something and then have to explain why it's not approachable or not accessible to me and then then it's going to be awkward because I don't know how to deal with it and it's just like I'll just I'll just adapt because I've been doing it my whole life it's fine but then around sort of like my vision and everything I got the marina put in and I've been having like a lot of trouble with that and so like I've been experiencing like quite decent like pelvic pain and issues with that and so like you know having a space where I could be like i it really hurts to move <laughs> and like my womb is hurting and everyone in the room be like chill out stop you don't like don't keep going what do you heat
2: he would you like a heat yeah. pack did you want one I have one in my yeah. bag
3: <laughs> wild and you know um training um aerial rope with Evie and their awareness of moves and tricks that were not heavy and putting lots of pressure on you know like my pelvic area and all that kind of stuff it was I still don't think I'm used to it the wholesome caring and environment and the awareness around everything and the mutual experiences but yeah it's it's a game changer it's I don't think I could go back to like a company that just doesn't care or has no awareness or idea at all I think I'd just be
2: very sad. It'll be hard <laughs> I feel like um, has is slowly teaching me I mean, clearly we have to be in the room mm. together more to experience this in terms of circus wise and owning up to my own pain, but it's so I'm, we're so used to just downgrading it and being like, no, it's fine. Like a skill goes for less than a second. I can do this, but there it's definitely a wake up. Yeah. As Abby said, a wake up call to like do a, a consider a trick being like that might actually hurt quite a bit and might leave me in a little bit of pain for a little while. Oh, I can say no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say no. <laughs> this is a big no, and then like being heavily respected to that is crazy and, and wild. I mean, it even works with our with our Zoom calls. Like we we work around each other's not even not even just in the space, but like our fatigue and our Yeah,
3: concentration yeah. and you know like mornings and afternoons. Versus yeah, like yeah, early mornings for some people, or like end of the day for others. It's like we all very much adapt and. Accommodate and yeah,
2: it's it's really wholesome and new and wonderful. It just kind of leads into like making a show that's like so um, vulnerable, like about our experiences, of, like on stage. And if we can be upfront with each other today and how we feel today, and then talking about our experiences was kind of the easy part. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, how do you, how do you navigate rehearsals if perhaps or even just the creative process whether it be on zoom or in the room actually physically rehearsing how do you navigate that as a company if someone is really fatigued and just can't get out of bed that day or yeah might be like this is really going to hurt me if i do this how do you navigate that working together
2: i think like we are much more than our skills as like in terms of the circus show like we have so much more to offer as artists so if someone is not feeling like moving that day then you know working on the working on there are scripts to work on there are other things to also work on but also working around fatigue it's like it's today is not the day to progress on that today is a totally understandable day to just have a breather and have a day at home or whatever like today does not have to be the day for this and I think, under chronic illnesses that are consistently changing every day, like just to be open-minded as a cast that maybe the plans that you set out for that day aren't going to happen and being okay with that.
3: Yeah, and I think in terms of a physical sense with, with like circus skills and all of that kind of stuff, like we've, we got really good at developing like a language and check in with each other where it was like, you know, with a hard skill, it would be like, all right, how many attempts do you have of this? And it's like, I have three I can like I can do three today so we'd like either do them all together say if it's practicing a three high or if it was yeah like doing other things like that so it's like we'd either do the three attempts together or we'd space them out throughout the day but it was like we all had equal opportunity and equal say in what we were able for in the moment and at the start of the day and yeah it was like I think that discussion with each other is really unique. Like I've never been in a company where that's been the case. It's always just been like, we've got to do this. We've got to push through or it comes from a director that's, you know, telling you what you're going to do and how many times you're going to do it versus what you're actually able for. I think as well, like we haven't all been together for an extended period of time. And I think we were very lucky in that the two weeks we did have, we were all we were all feeling pretty good. Like That's true. I think Emily and Max were, um, I mean, they were in their holidays for – their final year of NICA and so I think they were pretty like pretty exhausted but that was also a good like practice to work around fatigue and I don't think anyone felt pressured to do anything like it very much was like you can tap out when you need like it's all good that's the whole we kept laughing about the fact like that's the whole point of this show and this company is like (laughs) if you can't do it if you're not feeling it today's not the day we don't do it like you don't have to
2: and we're all like oh oh yeah oh. that's right <laughs> can you say that again <laughs>
0: yeah. oh that's nice <laughs> yeah. and sam as a creative producer of the company is there anything that you've noticed is different in your role as opposed to companies or festivals or what places you might have worked previously to now i
1: really admire the respect that everyone has for each other and the empathy and it's like such a genuine such a genuine relationship with one another which does help that we were all friends before we kicked up as a company but as a producer I think the flexibility that we've had or essentially been forced to have with COVID as well there's constant contingency planning and I hate that word very much but also, being able to incorporate that into, oh, we were going to have journal club today, but you need to pop off to go and see a doctor, or you're you've got brain fog this morning, or particularly me, I definitely get really bad brain fog and fatigue, and it's like, oh, you know what, it's okay, like, we'll just take a little bit of extra time, um, let's work around this. Uh, doing stuff online's been. I think really, really great because accessibility has been driven into the core of the company since the get-go. Because it doesn't really matter where we are. I technically worked from home for the full development because I couldn't get out of Perth. So a lot of the time I was in bed watching them on Zoom, uh, getting carried around on a laptop, taken from act to act. And I think that's such a privilege. I feel so privileged as a creative producer to be working with people with long extension cables and happy to carry a laptop from part to part. And I also feel like because we're so upfront um, when we're working with stakeholders and supporters and stuff and our funders, that they also have an understanding of how important accessibility is for us. and. For, for being a producer, I think incorporating access into the budget line before we made the show has been so important because oftentimes I think especially for independent companies that don't have a lot of resourcing or a lot of operational funding, when access becomes kind of the budget that you tack on at the end, we don't necessarily get that engagement and like proper incorporation of ways that, shows can be made open to varied audiences and that's always been in the front of our minds creatively as well <laughs> so we've done workshops with like description victoria and with Leah Filey who's a melbourne based theatre maker and chronic pain advocate and it's just been it's just been a really cool process i think and we challenge each other as a company as well in a really like constructive way around you know, language and ideas. And we bring all of these very varied experiences to the table, like Max, like Max, who we haven't really had a chance to chat about, Max and John Bond. John Bond was original company member. And then when COVID kept the the project rolling on, we had this opportunity when John went off to work with Circa to expand the company. And we brought in Abby Madden here and Max Parsons, who are just, delightful human beings and Max is our favourite able-bodied ally. So having Max in the company and having him learn from us and with us all of these really intense science evidence-based around the history of gynecology as well as them being in the room with us and us being like you know what I'm in pain I can't do this trick or we just need to take a little bit more time Max has been a beautiful human being and having his presence on stage I think is this really great representation of what it means to be an ally and like having him a part of this journey has been really special and having that voice of like oh I didn't know that I'm really glad to learn that has been quite humbling, I think. It's been so fascinating
3: for me with some of the like the things we've practiced in the room and been developing it was like we have a waiting room scene, like you know, you're waiting to go into the doctor's kind of thing. And we would, you know, we were like riffing off each other of like, oh, you know, when you go in and you sit down, like the nurse like makes you fill out this like 10 page form and like blah, blah, blah. You know, like talking to Max about it. And he's like, oh, I think I've been to the doctors like three times. I, all of us, like Evie, m and I, and Sam, like all of our jaws just dropped. We were like,
2: Like I knew you were able-bodied, but able-bodied, but like, really?
3: (laughs) Wow. Yeah. It's just been so fascinating. We're like, so wait, you've never, like, you know, when you just have to, and then there's something different and it feels odd. And so you're like, I just need to go to the doctor. And then you're like three weeks for an appointment and then you get referred and then the referral does this and it's like blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I think, nah, no idea. Cannot relate. We're all like, wow, It's, it's good good to have him in the room
0: that must be so fascinating and so eye-opening to see the other side of everything as well i can't help but think like imagine if everybody had this understanding of what chronic pain is or chronic fatigue or just living with a condition that's always weighing on your mind i can't help but think imagine if everybody knew yeah about that and then was able to just be understanding in the room as well like, wouldn't that be incredible? That's all we want. We just want some
1: understanding. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream. That is the dream. That's the dream. That's the hopefully, yeah. like, what people will experience from the show. You know, like coming in. Hopefully, for people that don't know a lot about it, or are brought in as hot guests of the Spoony community, can come in and kind of experience some of the journey with us. The waiting room, the the unsolicited medical advice, the which is you know a very vibrant part of the experience, I think, and you know really invasive medical testing and going back and back and back to the doctor and trying to get the medication yeah. plan right and trying, trying to nail down those symptoms and getting that advice and and learning and I think. The educational aspect of the show has been really important to all of us and sharing that part of the journey with actually having someone in the space who is learning along with us has been eye-opening. And also just a bit of a throwback. I was like, wow, I can't remember when I was like 12 and and didn't think about, (laughs) (laughs) didn't have to think about planning out a three-hour block so I could go and see a specialist and wait in their office for a really long
0: time. And so is that what you would hope that audiences take away from watching the show?
3: Yeah, definitely that yeah, they're not alone. Like I I ironically was talking to everyone about experiences and they're, you know, MAV and Sam were all like, yeah, it sucks when that happens. And I was like, Yes, I am in that community. I'm surrounded by people that understand. The feelings and the frustrations like I think the other week I was at an an eye specialist appointment and I had a referral but then it was expired but then the only time they could book me in was the time after it and it was just like this is your problem this is not me and you know like I was messaging Sam or I'm just (laughs) like this is the worst and so it's like I've found so much comfort in having people to like yeah riff off and talk through these experiences so like to then be able to put it on a stage and just simply be like you're not alone it sucks these experiences are are like happening to us and they're valid and you know let's keep talking about it let's like let's do all of that
2: like That's it, right? Like living with a chronic illness is so alienating, and you can think it's only happening to you, your symptoms are only you, and then needing to convince a doctor or like needing to even understand your pain yourself. It can be so, it can be such an alien and um, isolating experience that creating a community with what we have, you know, with the five people that we have, and it's already so like, oh my goodness. And then if we can put that on stage and give people that same, like, oh my goodness feeling, like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's cool. Yeah, I think that's what we want to come out of it. Yeah. Come out of the show with. And we did, you know, we did show the show, the uh, short version of the show to a few people at a Circus Oz at the end of our two weeks together. And that, our feedback was great. And our feedback was exactly what we wanted to hear.
1: You know, it was... Um, what was it? It was like painfully empathetic, gutsy, Inspiring. Classic. Inspiring.
0: <laughs> I was like, yes. will take it. Yeah. Something that I had actually been thinking about for a while was whether discussing your symptoms, your trauma, or your lived experience living with a chronic illness, much like I do here on that So Chronic and over on social media, whether that could be detrimental to our mental and physical health. I know it's a big question, but I asked whether... By bringing this into their creative practice and occasionally focusing on the negatives, whether that ever impacted their personal health. Just reflecting on the the whole process of making
1: the show from the very start, I think being trauma-informed has always been really important to the company. There's a really great psychotherapist based in Melbourne, her name's Jessica Cohen, and she is she also has chronic pain like us and talking to her um, as a friend and a colleague and a peer in the arts industry as well because she herself is a performer and specialises in working with artists, this idea of re traumatization on the stage and like bringing in negative experiences has always been um, something that we're quite conscious of because it can be really re-traumatising to be in spaces that are very confronting or triggering to go back through and so really keeping on top of trigger warnings and being informed in the way that we're like creating work I think and and finding the message that we want to have in the show and what we want people to leave with Uh, the one thing that popped into my head was how we're starting and ending the show and and this like the music that we're putting in and we've actually been amassing voice clips from members of the Spoonie community that speak about I mean I feel like I'm spoilers sorry spoilers um talking a little bit about how like a really frustrating experience they've had with the doctor a a time that they've been gaslit either by friends family medical staff a time where things got really dire and then At the end of the show, coming back around and finding a moment with each of those voices where they've been validated, where they've found community and all of the things, all of that like wholesome experience that Emily and Abby have been describing around just being in a shared space, that actually these experiences don't define us. We're whole people that have all of this wonderful life to give as as like a whole artist or a whole person. And being able to have those voice clips at the end of being like, but you know what? Like, I had this really, really great friend who stepped in when I was having a really bad day and put me forward for this for this gig, or just sent me uh, sent me flowers on this random day and checked in and and took me to my appointment, and on my, you know, this time that my partner stepped in at the doctor's and and vocalized for me what I was going through. And also bringing it home, I suppose, like bringing the show home with the with the positive messaging that it's actually there is a lot of strength to be had in the community and these experiences, and that having shared experiences can also be a source of strength. I think, and and I've definitely found that within the company. But focusing on the negatives, and and I don't, I don't, not focusing on the negatives, but acknowledging acknowledging the trauma. And and the negatives I think is also part of the authenticity of the show and it's really important to vocalise those frustrations because it's inherently a part of the experience of having a chronic illness or having chronic pain but leading with hope and ending the show with hope I think has been really important to us and to me. To add to that as well, like something that we've been really
3: mindful throughout the creation and the development and journal club and everything is is the way, like like any performance, like there's so many ways to elicit a response from your audience or get them to think or question things. And so it's, yeah, we've definitely been mindful throughout it on whether we, you know, in one instance, how we're tackling or performing a scene might be re-traumatising to people who have had the experience But on the other side, having that little bit more of an uncomfortable viewing is the thing that might make change or elicit a more intense reaction for those that haven't had the experience and stop and make them think like, you know, with the news and everything like we know that negative things stick in people's minds a lot, but also like really positive, really powerful, really succinct, beautiful moments do as well. So it's like finding the balance between not necessarily a negative experience or a negative moment that might re-traumatise, but more so like something that's uncomfortable and like how how gently we can help them sit in that uncomfortable fit experience. And like, yeah, we don't want people to come out of the show traumatised and shaking and like, you know, reliving horrible things. Like, so yeah, we've we've definitely been focusing on like the community aspects and the hope and the... You know, finding the comfort um, and like being gentle, and we're still yeah working out ways that we can deliver powerful messages and be gentle about it, and yeah guide people through through that. So I think like you know working with people like Leah, um, who's a actor that we've worked with, and she spoke very like she helped us through the experience of like acting through scenes. And performing scenes that are really, really personal and, you know, really emotional and how to how to navigate that and keep us safe as performers as well. So it's it's definitely been like, not necessarily negative things, but like, yeah, this is, this is the actual experiences that aren't good, not fun, not good times. And yeah, it's been, we've all been super aware and super um, engaged with trying to handle them as gently as possible
2: yeah we're definitely trying to like protect ourselves in the process of creating this as well like we're still working out our techniques as performers of we can acknowledge that this is the work that we're putting on stage but we don't necessarily need to relive that every time we perform that like this is an acknowledgement of who I am and my past experiences and I'm sharing that with my audience but I don't need to relive that to make that a to make that a meaningful time and experience. Uh, throwing back to our first performance for Circus Oz, I have this, I have quite a personal act that speaks about my performance, which you know brought on feedback that also gets audiences to share their experience with the same kind of work. And that was really heartwarming and heartfelt, but it was also an insight into the reaction that we're gonna get from the audience and that we need to also protect ourselves in the feedback that we hear you know, we're still working out techniques of how to acknowledge that and not be disrespectful
1: to our audience, obviously, but also needing to protect ourselves. Yeah. And I think like both myself and Evie as well, like in creative positions that aren't necessarily on stage, like acknowledging that Abby and Emma sharing parts of their lives that are really vulnerable and really providing the space to make sure that they feel empowered in in what they're saying and, and not putting themselves out there for the sake of it. I think it's just like meaningful contributions, but not tokenistic, like, yeah, you don't want to just slam down the hard parts to get a to get a response, right?
0: Yeah. So what's next for Get Well Circus?
1: What is next? Let's oh oh let's COVID roll the dice. It's been a really interesting process. I think it's really hard to know what's coming next. None of us know what's coming next. <laughs> Uh we've obviously cancelled our season with Melbourne Fringe, which was due to be our premiere for like two years. We've been working towards this date for two years and then COVID snuck out again and um cancelled that for us. But We are really hopeful that we'll be on stage again soon. We're really looking forward to doing a second development as well. So we've got a little bit more time in the space together. Maybe this time I'll be there in the flesh and not on a screen, which would be a treat. But behind the circus, I think, and what I have done a very poor job of articulating through brain fog and fatigue is that at the heart of the company are five creatives, and these five creatives have different experiences of chronic illness, chronic health, and allyship. And so harnessing these creatives as a full artist and not just as a circus performer, but, you know, we've got this online journal that we've been developing since the first lockdown where... Each of us took a chance, took a turn to write a journal article about something that we've read or something personal that we've experienced. I wrote about imposter syndrome once, which I think is incredibly relevant, not only in my illness, but in my professional career. I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing as a first-time startup circus producer during a global pandemic. It's a little bit harder than I thought it was going to be when I applied for this funding. But putting stuff online and building a community and creating other projects. We've got You Don't Have to Get Well Soon, We Still Love You cards in the works. You know, we're trying to develop we we started a pitch for a very large scale bead maze. You know, those toys that are always you always see them in medical waiting rooms. They're like a little bit sunburnt, 80s esque wooden toys with the wires. Like a full five meter sculpture, like outdoor artwork that's like reinforced for aerial points so they can be walked on climbed on, done which I'm really excited about for a pop-up that was through the testing sites program in Melbourne which is really cool to do some more outdoor-based performances because we know COVID loves the outdoors um and just having the opportunity to come back together and and get back to what our messaging is and finding other creative ways to get it out there that does that doesn't necessarily have to be on stage or or confining these guys to being circus artists because they're incredibly cool and robust you know emily has this great digital drawing practice and she's super into sound so we're really wanting to get her to be i want it to be a dj okay wanted to be a dj <laughs>
2: like, um, you are from perth you are
1: <laughs> high, high uh, number of djs per capita in perth so emily should definitely get involved you know max is a is a sewer like you're incredible. So like getting those hate packs on the go, you know, like different things. And I just think everyone's a beautiful speaker and writer and thinker. And so how can we operate as a company when we can't do circus? Like, do we have to just be a circus company? Is there more we can do? So that was a very windy way of saying that we're not really sure what's going to happen next, but we're just very passionate, I think, about what what we're creating and, and how we can get the ideas out there through through different means
2: there's this idea and notion and thing that we want to do is creating workshops for people either people like artists or training training people with pelvic uh, pain um or necess- or for coaches who are coaching people with pelvic pain to be able to number one guide people who have pelvic pain to be able to feel empowered to be able to speak up about it and how to have that conversation with your coach, but then also have you know a workshop with the coaches on how to I give techniques of how how to guide your guide your student with pelvic pain around the exercises that you're doing. So I I think that is a very exciting thing that we'd be able to implement in society as it is so many, there are so many, but taking it back to, you know not only within a company is it hard to speak up about your public pain but also it starts with the classes that you start in and so it's kind of like starting at the ground starting at the ground and building your way up from there and if we can implement knowledge there then hopefully that can build its way up
0: amazing that sounds so cool right yeah i, want to go to this I workshop. love <laughs> they're so great
2: i think as
3: well we'll um like sam and i have been talking about uh like working blindfold in with get well circus and yeah, just like amalgamating resources, and obviously my practice and background is like accessibility for those who are blind or low vision, and so like having resources available through Get Well Circus about about that, like you know how to make your Instagram more accessible and your venues and your behind backstage and your front of house, and just like yeah, just creating re- like creating more resources for the community because obviously the performance we're gonna make is not just tailored to one demographic it's you know it's for spoonies it's for people who have spoonies in their life it's for people that have no idea about our community but are like I want to be better and help and then you know it's obviously like we're gonna make an accessible show to to as many like as many groups and as many demographics as we can you know with like Auslan and audio description and like relaxed performances and and things like that so it's like we're definitely developing like a whole well-rounded, Accessible, inclusive, like company and practice and and things, which is really nice. Because I think our like
1: overarching mission, like it, like if we could take over the world. We would probably ask for a bit of a fairer healthcare system, right? Like we really, we would love to champion a fairer healthcare system, you know, greater public visibility and understanding and empathy and circus is just a tool to try and empathy build and like educate people and and so finding other resources, building other resources and finding other ways not only for our like able-bodied pals to learn and and empathize with some of the experiences that we have using the creative arts and using creative platforms, but also hopefully generating meaningful opportunities for other Spoonies to get involved in creative platforms and creative works and 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 sort of celebrating our creative community, which is also on the website because and what you do, mm-hmm. Jess, because I think there is so much like incredible work being done in this space that we also just kind of want to shout out and congratulate and high five and 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 celebrate being a part of this really incredibly adaptive dynamic and cool community it's like really empathetic lovely people and we've been finding that along the whole process you know when we got partnered so working with this photographer Alexis was part of the springboard program and then when we got into the space alexis was like oh you know i'm also a member of the spoonie community i'm also a spoonie and that was just this moment of like elation that suddenly we were collaborating with yet another spoonie and it feels Mm -hmm. like the whole process has just been getting to collaborate with really incredible people and other spoonies and and that's been really important to us i think as well as a company is is to make sure that we're authentically engaging with our community and and finding ways to to partner and incorporate other people's experiences as well it's been been sick
0: if you would like to stay up to date with everything that get well circus is doing and perhaps even head along to one of their performances you can find them on social media at get well circus as well as over on their website getwellcircus.com as always it has been a pleasure to bring you another episode of that's so chronic if you want to hear more about me and the work that I do here at the podcast, feel free to connect over on Instagram and TikTok. I'm at That So Chronic. If you have an idea of something or someone that That So Chronic should interview or chat about, don't be afraid to reach out or head to the show notes to get in touch. If you're new around here, make sure you've pressed follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you're listening in from. And if you haven't already, why not leave a five-star review? That not only makes my day, but it also helps That's So Chronic get into more ears around the world to hopefully spread awareness, and more importantly...